five more teams went through the UEFA Champions League group stage after the past two days' games, leaving situations in several groups even more complicated. For example, in at least three groups, will there be three teams competing for one last round of 16 spot in the last round of games? Heavyweights like Barcelona are on the edge of being thrown into the Europa League. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. Yeah, great games in the past two days. I mean, yeah, I- yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. That, like I was saying, this round is kind of awkward because there are certain teams who go through, mm-hmm. but even then. When it was a game versus of like you know Liverpool versus Porto, for example, team that's definitely through versus one that has to compete, that dynamic produces a very exciting game. They didn't game. want to give up. Yeah. Instead, they put up a very fantastic competition. Precisely. Yeah. I mean, if we want to start just quickly talking about that game, um, I think that was very noticeable. Is that Mo Salah was basically playing free for, mm-hmm. for, through most of it, and it was a thing which like I hadn't really considered in the sense of when there's a team that's ready to go through already. A lot of times they rest players, they play more defensively, they don't really try their best. What I hadn't considered with a team like this is they basically let Salah just have fun out there, mm. which sounds quite condescending, but like yeah. he was clearly you know, trying running down the left and the right, trying different uh, opportunities for attack, things like that, which almost made this for certain players like him in particular. Like wing it. Yeah. yeah. And that, to me, made me think that, okay, they're trying new things for the later stages. They're kind of practicing, experimenting. And that made it a lot more fun, a lot quite exciting. Mm-hmm. And also seeing Thiago yeah. get a goal. Because one, yeah. in particular, he has had a rough time fitting into this team. Mm-hmm. He's been... I can understand why they got him in, because he had something different. But it's so different that, you know, they found... It's hard quite, to find your own position pres- in the squad. Precisely because they have such that that dynamic front three. His whole thing is almost like quarterbacking from mid, from the centre midfield. So he's had a hard time slotting in, which is why they need games like this. Like I said, to experiment with formations and play to fit him in. And they did wonderfully. So it ended up being a game which wasn't that close, but it was still very exciting to see. It is, yeah. And I think for Thiago is that he used to play for Bayern. Mm-hmm. So he is no stranger to tough football, speed yeah. and physical. But the thing is, he can be a pace changer. Because yeah. for Liverpool, when you go all out, all three, mm-hmm. everything is so physical. It, it's okay. It's good. But there are always cases when things don't go your way. Yeah. That time, you need someone like Thiago. And if he can find more time, you know, build confidence and yeah. chemistry with his teammates, he can be your secret weapon. Exactly. Like the thing which I always used to say about him, and I'm sure I've said it many times on this podcast, is he reminded me of when you play FIFA, mm-hmm. you hold the L1 button, you do like the finesse True. shot and everything yeah. kills. And it's it's nice, it's artistic. So that works well when you're with Bayern, where you're constantly, you basically the pressure means you have the space and the time. With the chaos of Liverpool, he didn't have that space or time, so mm-hmm. he didn't really know what to do. Now you can see where he's fitting in his finesse style of play with the frenetic front three of a Jurgen Klopp side. Mm-hmm. And knowing that they can do that against Porto, who, yes, aren't that good, but they're very well drilled, they're very well yeah. disciplined, like, they aren't a walkover. Being able to do that in a game like this where there's not too much pressure so you can experiment with your chemistry with mm-hmm. other, other players, things like that, this is a really good sign for them going forward. It is. And let's go back to Group A, sure. where the f- biggest, actually, matchup of this round, yeah. PSG and Man City. Yeah. Man City got vengeance. Yeah, they did. It was a very interesting game. I was wondering what would happen because, you know, both are ready to go through. Both are 
big giants of the game, both quite moneyed, both didn't really need to do anything, but they did turn up and they had a really solid game. Mm-hmm. Um, a thing which stood out, and I have to bring this up, is you know I was watching it live, so that's 4 a.m. Beijing time. Maybe I wasn't fully awake, maybe I wasn't completely paying attention. I didn't hear anyone talk about Messi, I didn't see anything Messi did. He no. seemed completely invisible throughout that game. Well, The only time I specifically remembered seeing Messi is when the goals went in, and the camera cut to him just like stroking his chin, looking a bit pensive. Mm. And it really felt like he was a complete passenger, like totally invisible in that game. Because, Is it because they were playing Man City? Because Pap knows him so well? I, I think that's definitely part of it. Because they kept... In fact, just to go back to what I was saying, the only time they mentioned Messi was in relation to Pep. Yeah. Specifically Pep talking about him before the game, saying he's played with him for so long, he knows what he does. He seemed completely neutralized, completely oblivious. And a thing which is very clear is that this team is so imbalanced that when uh, Man City get through, they have to really scramble back. But Mbappe doesn't do that. Mm. Uh, Messi doesn't do that. Neymar doesn't do that. So they don't have enough bodies in the back. Three of the players didn't even try hard to defend. Precisely. It's not easy. So when you see things, like that first goal is quite scrappy, but the fact they had the room the room to go from Walker to Gabriel Jesus, Jesus can pass it on to space, mm-hmm. um, Sterling can run in, just a simple toe poke, but still, no one was on him, no one was man-marking him. That shows that this team, it's so designed to move forward that when they push back, it isn't even that they scramble back, it's that half the players don't. Mm-hmm. You know, There's at least a thing which you see a lot, you see it with Liverpool quite a bit, where they kind of collapse backwards on themselves, so... Maybe they have Virgil van Dijk in the centre, but they're kind of reliant on him to be the defender while everyone else causes a distraction, which they will then push out from. In this particular case, it's like four or five go back. Marquinhos gets there sometimes. Um, or was it Presnel Kempembe? Mm-hmm. He's like the one real defender they yeah. rely on. Besides for that, that team feels completely open. And if you are a team like a Bayern Munich, you are a team like a Manchester City who are known for being able to get through the pitch either with pressure or with like tiki-taka style clever passing, you're going to run right through this side. That's true. And that's the thing. Man City, no matter, uh, despite how dominant they are in Premier League, mm-hmm. they are kind of a strikerless squad. Yeah. If, say, you're facing a team that has Lukaku, mm-hmm. Robert Lewandowski, how is your defense going to survive that? It's not going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like They were talking up how... Pep was basically playing this without like any real attacking midfielders, central midfielders. What's clear is he doesn't necessarily need them if he can just run around players like Mbappe who will track back for maybe 30 yards and not go any further because they want to be the guy who scores That's the goals. That's a very bad sign to yeah. his team. Yeah. And also a thing that felt quite obvious to me, in all the things that uh, Neymar's misses, Mbappe's misses, they're so used to playing like either side of the pitch going straight forward that if you can just force them just to the side away from the goal, they have a real hard time like knocking it in at the angle. Or even, you know, they are friends. You see that in their celebrations and things. But it's also quite clear that they want to outcompete each other to be the star. So they don't like passing to each other unless mm. it's like, you know, a very simple, elegant, yeah. highlight goal. Um, and all this talk about Mbappe leaving when he's the one who scored the goal, when he's the one who was actually threatening... That's a, that's a really bad sign. You know, the rumors are... That about, says why, why he wants to leave. Yeah, I think that's definitely it. It's definitely like a circular thing. He wants to leave because he's the only threat. He's the only threat, so he wants to leave. Mm-hmm. I also think that the rumors of Pochettino wanting to leave after seeing how this team plays, I highly suspect 
it's going to be the typical PSG. They get to round of 16, quarterfinals, get absolutely thrashed. At the end of the season, he doesn't renew. I can almost guarantee it right now. Sounds like a meaningless flow of money. Base, well, that's PSG from start to finish. It's been mm-hmm. 10 years, and that's, true. that's all they've done so far. Yeah, I wonder if PSG, the loss last night, mm-hmm. reminds them of how important Thiago Silva is. Yeah, I think so. Because he was playing for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Chelsea was were leaving one to nothing over Juventus. Juventus mm-hmm. had the best and maybe only chance of making a tie is like a shot from there, saved by Thiago at yeah. the goal line. He almost injured himself. Yeah. After that, Chelsea were all unstoppable. So yeah, so I only saw the highlights of that game. I didn't see the whole thing, but it did look like Chelsea were just really imposing themselves. Mm-hmm. I wonder almost if Tuchel is playing playing that game, knowing they're already going through. But just to be like, okay, we are the boss of this group. You're yeah. going to be afraid of us in the next round. Because they played with so much intensity. True. From back to the front in all the high... Because all the highlights that I saw, the play was going in one direction. That's true. It was Juventus, like you say, struggling, trying to get make it 1-1. But then when it became 2-0, it was like that was it. Because mm-hmm. the, the second and third goals happened between, what, 10 minutes? Basically, yeah. yeah. They just poured it on when they yeah. could. So that was a real imposing game, which... It's one of those things where the, it almost like the points didn't matter, just the story of the game matters. That's true. It's vengeance, actually, because yes. the last Juventus in the first game. Yeah. Yeah, I think that we saw that both in the Man City PSG and in this, where mm. the team that won the first time lost the second. In a very the, bad way. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Like, they really almost, you know... The, like, for example, just to change sports a second, the New England Patriots, when Tom Brady was there in, like, the last few seasons... There used to be this belief where they would play the first half, whether they won or lost, it didn't matter. They were just getting information. Mm-hmm. So at the set, at the half time, they make the adjustments and then they destroy in the second half. I doubt this is the case, but it almost felt like the, the teams, uh, Chelsea and Man City, played those first legs just to get information on how PSG play, how Juventus play. Then when they did the rematch, it just absolutely ran right through them. Mm-hmm. Strike later, but strike harder. Precisely. Yeah. There was a very interesting reference made by the commentators I listened to. He said, I'm going to tell you a horrible, a horror story mm-hmm. because when you were looking at the bench of Chelsea, you saw Lukaku, mm-hmm. you saw Wilner, yeah. you saw like just so many people that could make a team reach the round of 16 or even yeah. quarterfinals. That's how deep Chelsea are recently. Right. I, I saw a similar thing about PSG, which was basically if PSG's bench formed a team, they'd be competing for the... And they played in the Premier League, they'd be competing for the Champions League. Man City, themselves. right? No, PSG. If PSG took their bench oh, and came to the Premier yeah. League as a secondary team, they'd be like top four. How and, does that mean? How did they play so different when they have yeah. you know the same valuable assets? Yeah, I think I really do think just to go back to it, I really think it's just a mentality thing. And Could be, I almost yeah. think Pochettino is just like forget it because mm. you're not going to change this setup where they just want to play like celebrities. They want to play like a team. That's true, and I think it's fair to say that Man City and Chelsea are candidates for championship this season. Mm. The other one should be Bayern Munich. Yeah, a two to one win over. Um, Kiev is not really that big, yeah. but that first goal by Robert Lewandowski is like, I think it's the goal of the year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the thing with Lewandowski. He is just, said it before, said it again. I don't know how this isn't the guy we're talking about every week. How the how uh, all the sports journalists, newspapers, everything aren't talking about this guy as like the player of the moment because we've skipped from talking about... Um, Ronaldo and Messi, mm-hmm. which directly to Mo Salah, 
then directly to Haaland and Mbappe. We've totally skipped Robert Lewandowski, even though he's having record-breaking seasons. He's scoring these incredible goals. He's leading um, Bayern Munich to titles. Mm -hmm. Even last year when they got knocked out, you could tell it's because he was absent and Maxim Choupo-Moting simply isn't on that level. So even when he's absent, you're thinking to yourself, this is where he would fit in. This is where he would get the goals. And why he was not named the Golden Ball winner. Yeah, precisely. Like, to me... It is no doubt he is the Ballon d'Or That's true. winner this year. And when he's scoring goals like that, like, yes, it's Dino Kiev, but still fantastic goal, it's fantastic snowing. performance. Yeah, it's snowing. Like, I mean, L- L- Leroy Sané could not even control the ball well. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's in these incredible conditions. I mean, I know when he plays in Bavaria, it gets very cold in the winter anyway, but when you're playing in Kiev, you're playing in That's Bavaria. That's totally whatever. different. A, it, precisely. So, yeah, that was a very impressive performance. They are undefeated now in mm-hmm. this. They are... I don't want to say because how they've been domestically in the Bundesliga, like yeah, they lost against Augsburg. Loss, yeah. So I don't want to say they're fully back to being the juggernauts we all know, but at least in Europe they have clearly taken this incredibly seriously this year. Mm-hmm. And I always enjoy it the most when it's like you have all the teams competing, but you have Bayern just like cruising through because yeah. you know, because basically you know when it comes to them, they take it so seriously and they try and be so elite that. You know, whoever beats them is the real champion. Or That's if they true. win, they are the real champion. They're like it's... the Barcelona at their best time. Precisely, yeah. Yeah, yeah to Which, go back to... Yeah, brought to yeah. Barcelona, yeah. who didn't... I should say, fortunately, didn't lose to Benfica. Because no. the 0-2-0 thing is... Yeah. But that also put them in a very disadvantageous situation. Yeah, it's one of those things where... Nil-nil is a flattering scoreline because mm-hmm. they lost 3-0 under when they yeah. were on Coleman. So this is definitely an improvement. But even so, like... Sofanovic almost he was like slightly wide at the dying moment mm-hmm. he could have knocked them out true and you know this is still Barcelona I still have Memphis Depay Frankie de Jong players like that there's still, you know, there's still I mean yes you know Busquets Jordi Alba are still there they're getting on a bit but they're still legends still very yeah. technical I mean, they very have good no players. reasons not to win they have no reasons to be like this against a team as small as Benfica and yet at nil-nil the fact it came out with Benfica looking in the ascendancy, with um, Barcelona now basically the fate being out of their hands, because I highly doubt they get anything out of Bayern Munich. Well, there are only two points over Benfica, who are playing Kiev yeah. in the last round. I don't like their chances. Yeah, so we are in the position, because I think almost, now you mention it, if, they, if um, Barcelona get a draw and Benfica get a win... That puts them on the same points. But Benfica beat them. Luther, yeah, so they win the head-to-head. So, yeah, it's all entirely on uh, Benfica now. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about Benfica over Barcelona, who have all this money. I mean, yes, they're in debt, but they are a giant still. I wouldn't even dream about it. Yeah, so, like, yeah, like we were saying, saying about how I use, like, Bayern as the standard. Ten years ago, I used Barcelona as the standard, and look at where they are now. This is, like, very embarrassing. That's true. And the other team who went through almost the same embarrassments recently, Man United, yeah. won. Yeah. And they're not even an interior manager. Yeah. Well, how did they even do it? I mean, watch the whole game. It's like suddenly they scored. Yeah. It's literally like, you know, I don't think they should have bought Ronaldo because it imbalanced the team. Mm-hmm. And it kind of made them so reliant on him. And on the other side of the coin, they need him because every single Champions League night so far, he's rescued them. Yeah. Either he's rescued them for a draw, he's got them the win. It's almost a case of, you know, we're calling it Manchester United, but it's basically Ronaldo and friends in the Mm -hmm. sense of if he wasn't there, you know for a fact they wouldn't be in this position. True. I don't know how they fare when they get to the knockout stages because 
they're guaranteed to go through now. Yeah. But they will need to have a new manager who sorts everything out because the knockouts begin in January. Mm-hmm. So basically, if they find a manager who can sort things out over the winter time, but in the there's gap, still time, yeah, in the gap between the last group stage match day and the knockouts, maybe they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But I can't look at this team relying on Ronaldo like this and getting quite far. I am seeing it like it was against Liverpool or against Manchester City, where they eventually play a team of their stature who knows Ronaldo is the threat. Mark him zonally, make sure he can't do anything, and then just run through everyone else and get like a massive. That's true. Massive yeah. scoreline. What I uh, find it interesting is that do you uh, remember the last time we talked about Bruno Fernandez, mm-hmm. who was great last season, yeah, but like this been invisible a, this yeah. season? That reminded me of uh, when Spain won their first Euros Championship mm-hmm. in two thousand eight. Yeah. They gave up Raúl González. Mm. I know that uh, Fernandez was not playing as long as Raul for Spain, but the thing is that he might be your best player in the past. But yeah. maybe it's wise to give up him now because his existence will paralyze your team. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I agree with that. If they, I, he's in the position where. You know, if they bring in a new manager who can do something with it, like when Tuchel came in and suddenly he was playing like Ben Chilwell and mm-hmm. players who never really got any time, give like maybe half the back half of the season to a new manager, see what they can do with Bruno Fernandes. But if he's not performing, going from the heights to just being invisible to absolutely nothing, yeah, get rid of the deadwood. Because this is a team full of stars who need to be turned into a team that plays as a team. Mm-hmm. And you can say he's a big deal, you can say he's famous, whatever. If he's not performing to the standard a Manchester United needs, get rid of him. Yeah, and I think now it's the best time. Maybe now until uh, say January or February, the best time to sell him because he is still seen as one of the best players of、yeah. this squad. So you can still sell him. Not like Jadon Sancho, who performed well last night,、mm. but the thing is that his market value dropped like. Like with gravity. Yeah,、so. yeah. That's the thing with Sancho. He hasn't had the time to perform yet, so he. So his reputation, let's say, is not floundering.、Mm-hmm. Whereas Bruno Fernandez has gone from being the star of that show to just being the guy who misses every pass. He's always a step too slow. He's suddenly bad at free kicks again. So yeah, get get rid of him. I,、yeah. I say that's true. And now I know it's still too early, but I think the fourth team for the Champions maybe Liverpool should、mm. should be a fair choice.、Yeah. Four of them、yeah. will. Like which one is most likely to be upset before the semifinals? That's, that's two rounds left. Yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty difficult thing to say. I think that、um, if I was to look at it, I'd say Liverpool are too consistent.、Mm-hmm. Chelsea are too well drilled. Yeah. Manchester City are the ones I think who may slip up just by being a bit too egotistical.、Mm-hmm. And then Manchester United are hit and miss. Yeah. So I think that basically Liverpool and Chelsea are pretty much guaranteed to go quite far.、Mm-hmm. City, I don't know. They because this typically always happens with the Pep team when they get into their groove. Suddenly, they just believe they can win, and they encounter a team that just forces them into playing their way, and they don't really know how to respond. True. I mean, the perfect example is last year when United had that two-nil win in the derby,、mm-hmm. which came up absolutely nowhere, and no one could figure it out. And then when you looked at it, it was basically every team saw City as a juggernaut and tried to play defensively. When United, like, okay, we have to hit them early, that spooked them and got them the got them the win. So I think teams will be looking at this Manchester City, trying to figure out what Pep's tactics are, and then someone, some kind of football genius, will see it and then 
counter that and it'll leave them floundering for a leg or two and that'll maybe it. I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully we'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. Yep, bye-bye. See ya.